I think there's a tool called Tab Suspender. It doesn't change the number of tabs you have open. Lisa, can I make a confession with you? <laughs> Are you ready for some spring cleaning in your classroom? We're going to talk creatively productive next. And now it's time for another edulicious episode of the Bentley Brothers Podcast, bringing you what's current and what works in education. Here are your hosts, Scott and Tim Bentley. Bentley Brothers, Bentley, Bentley Brothers, bringing education information like no other. Bentley Brothers, yep. Bentley, Bentley Brothers, bringing education information like no other. Yep. First name Bentley, last name Brothers, bringing education information. Oh, we like need some of this, don't we, Scott? Uh, yes, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> it's turning into a mess as we get closer to summer. But uh, before we move on with our guest, uh, we would like to thank Advancement Courses for sponsoring today's show. We love Advancement Courses. Uh, stay tuned. At the end of the show, we're going to give you a code to get 20% off on professional development online courses. So that is handy. Stay tuned for that. Scott. And, no. and Tim, we wanted to also remind our listeners to check out Empatico. It's a nonprofit. It's connecting your classroom with another classroom. All you have to do is go to bit.ly slash build global empathy and it's free forever because it is a nonprofit and it started by somebody who really just wanted to change the world and connect classes and build empathy between kids through that ongoing connection with classes. So check them out in Patico. It's bit.ly forward slash build global empathy. Uh, and you won't be sorry. And on today's show, we have the great Lisa Johnson with us. Tech f for you. She is otherwise known as. She is a high school educational technologist, and she is the author of a new book out called Creatively Productive. That she, uh, there she has it right there. And more importantly, she is the mother of two boys who are nine and 11. We know that that's probably where her heart truly is. And also, what's interesting about Lisa right now is that she's right in the middle of a 30-day social media... Don't tweet at her. <laughs> Don't tweet at her. Don't tweet at her. Don't tempt her. A social media detox. Tell us about that, Lisa. Well, you can you can tweet at me all you want. I mean, I'll still look at it, but I'll look at it in May. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I work at a high school. You know, you, you see a lot of devices. Um, obviously, we're, we're a K-12, through one-to-one iPad, but then, you know, especially at the high school you know, students at a high school level also have their phones or things like that. And so as an educational technologist, one of the things that we are starting to teach students is how to be mindful of their own screen time, how to manage distractions, things like that, um, both in analog and digital form. And, and when you kind of spend a lot of time researching those sort of things, you start to look inwards and realize, oh, a lot of this is really good for me. Like these are a lot of practices that that I could benefit from. And so I've just kind of been seeing kind of all over Instagram and, and Twitter, uh, uh, this idea of a 30 day digital detox. There's a great book by Cal Newport called Digital Minimalism, which I highly recommend. He's also the author of Deep Work. And so I, I read that and I was like, yes, a hundred percent. I think it's a great idea. And so that's really what I'm doing. So yes, I'll, you know, you can tweet at me, whatever, those notifications will be there and I will hundred percent respond to everybody who's done that um, in May. <laughs> I mean, are you going through withdrawals or anything? Or are you like, uh, you know, just going on a sugar binge to replace it or what, you know? I mean, 
to be fair, there was a little bit of a Netflix like uptick, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I've actually I've, I've started kind of keeping a, a journal about this process as well because I, I love journaling. But I, I also want to just kind of make notes of certain things that that I noticed in myself. So honestly, what I the, the biggest thing I was noticing was in my downtime. I was on Instagram or Twitter, but I was using it more as almost like a filler for entertainment and relaxation. And I wasn't using it in the way that, you know, I, I should be professionally. I mean, yes, I was, at the, but I wasn't using it as effectively. I was just really, it's not meant to be, that's not really a tool for relaxation, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, but I was using it kind of in that way. And so that's kind of something I was really realizing. The other thing I realized was I have all of these sort of, relationships online where I'm connecting with people and those are great. But what I really need to do more of is say every month, I want to choose somebody online that inspires me and do some sort of face-to-face -face, like a Skype or um, a Google Hangout, kind of what we're doing and, and find out like, what are you doing? You know, talk to me and kind of have more of those face-to-face -face conversations that are a little bit more, have more depth than some of the conversations that just go so quickly on social media. So, so those are just kind of some things. I'm only a weekend, but um, not not really any withdrawal. I've done a really good job of deleting everything off of my phone, as well as turning off all like distractions and notifications and things like that. So, I've, I don't know. It's it's been okay. I did want to post a picture of you know Notre Dame, Notre Dame, um, and and myself, but. It's okay. I'll be all right. Um, <laughs> I, Trust me, plenty of people are taking <laughs> care of that for you. Yeah, so I, I feel I feel like it'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, Lisa. You know, when you talked about that, it remind me of uh, one of my favorite books uh, reading recently. It's called "Thank You for Being Late." It's by the same author of uh, "The World Is Flat." Part of the big thing about this book was just people taking that, pushing that pause button, and I think a lot of what your book talks about is that reflection time and that's what pushing that pause button can mean for us. So talk a little bit about that for you and what your book shares. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, I, and just kind of looking at this kind of social media detox, I, I feel like I've been very reactive for so long because there's just all of these things sort of coming at you and there's these great ideas and, and I love all of those things. But I really had to sit down and figure out like, where am I going with all of this? Like, what is the voice that I want to be in education? Like, what, what do I want to be sharing? How do I want to be impactful? And, and I don't want to have, I feel like I was just having all these squirrel moments. Like, that's cool. I want to show, go look at that. That's cool. I want to check this out. And, and I wasn't like one of my, so I have a master's in curriculum and instruction. And, and I, one of the, my, my dearest, most passionate things is being able to create content. I love creating content. I love creating resources. I love doing blog posts. And what was happening is I was consuming so much content that I wasn't really creating content. And so part of that was figuring out, and this is kind of getting into chapter four. So chapter four really talks about finding what your values are. Like what, what's most important to you is, you know, being able to create something most important to you is being able to collaborate with others most important to you. Like what are those core foundational values? Because once you have those, then you're able to say, okay, is my social media time contributing or is it hindering those values? Or is my blank contributing to or hindering those values? And so that's kind of why I think that reflection piece is so important is you kind of have to 
just stop for a second and say, okay, what is really important to me? What do I want to do for my classroom? What do I want to do beyond my classroom? And, and I would even say, I, I almost feel like you would do this annually or at least every few years and, and kind of, because things change. The things that I shared 10 years ago aren't relevant anymore. Yeah, you got me thinking reflectively. And I think what's most important to me right now is sleep. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> where does that fit in? No. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Not getting enough of it these days. Anyway. No, uh, I hear you. So yes, sleep. <laughs> um, I, I it's, it's kind of one of the things we talk about when we're talking to students and, and being reflective. We're actually doing uh, in a few weeks because with April being Stress Awareness Month and you know April being just a stressful month for students with all the testing and AP exams and things like that, um, as well as for educators, just because it's that kind of towards the end of the year, something that we've been kind of stressing with our own students is looking at things that impact mood. And I, I kind of get into this in uh, chapter four when I talk about mood trackers, but things like sleep, you know, things like drinking enough water, things like going outside, you know, exercise, listening to music. These are all things that we are, are biological. Well, but listening to music is not a biological imperative, but sleep and water are biological imperatives. Um, you, you have to have those things. And so I think sometimes we forget like, oh yeah, sleep, but but really I, I'll, I know I'm not a pleasant person to be around when I haven't had enough sleep for a few days. It, it's, my my patience level, my ability to be productive, it's it's non-existent. Yeah, and then there's the whole hangry thing. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, I have an eleven year old. I have seen like first wit first eyewitness to what hangry can do to <laughs> now, Oh yeah. The, the one of the the praises that your book is receiving is that people love your tips for organization. Uh can you tell us what it seems to be getting people's attention in terms of your ideas for organization. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of chapter one and, and kind of how I look at it a few ways. So I'll give you a little bit more context to it. I talk about organization for teachers and students because there's very much a duality to the book. Pretty much everything in the book can be used for students as well as for educators. We're not talking about calculus or anything like that. Like it's, it's all like very duality. But um, some of the tips for organization deal with... Uh, talking about building kind of a, a portfolio, an, an index of some sort. So yeah, I know for me, I had like, oh, I created this thing link over here. And then I created, you know, some haiku decks. And then I have some slide shares. And then I have this and I have this and I have this. And kind of figuring out like, what are all the places you publish content? And putting all of those linked somewhere. And the same thing with students. So it might be a Weebly page, it might be Bulb, it might, you might have your own website, whatever that is. But, you know, it's so easy just to create another account and create content. We just, it's almost like we don't realize where all of these things are. And so that that's one thing. The other thing I think people really liked was the, so I'm, if you ever see my, my, my desktop of my computer, it's, I like, I color code folders. I have this desktop where I create an image for your desktop, which is really easy to do. You can do it in Keynote or Canva or anything like that. And it has like little shapes that are sections for different things. So there's a section for work. There's a section that says tech chef for you. There's a section that says up next. And so I'll put folders and documents and links like within each one of those things, because I get like 
antsy and the heebie-jeebies or whatever when I see, um, you know, if I just have folders and, and screenshots and everything over my desktop, like I can't, I can't function that way. I think part of it's having ADD. I just, I, I'm a person who is organized because I, I have to be like, I can't function otherwise. It's just far too distracting for me. So those are kind of some of the ideas that we've been sharing out. Lisa, can I make a confession with you? <laughs> Absolutely. I need just... an intervention. And my <laughs> students would tell you this. My fellow <laughs> teachers would tell you this. I am a tabaholic. I have like 70 million tabs open at one time on my browser. So what can I do to not be addicted to having tabs open? Because it's so easy to just click over when I need that thing if I have a tab open. Otherwise, I've got to like search it up and like, or have a bookmark and file through all my bookmarks. Like, so help this tabaholic. <laughs> I deal with this organizational problem of his. So I'm I'm absolutely not judgment judgmental about anybody's like organization oh, and process. Like everybody you, you has can their judge own me. Thing. I'm okay with it. <laughs> judge away. Um I I try to kind of I, I use Pinterest for a lot of things because if I find something, I I think finding one tool, what whatever it is. It could be, is it Wakelet now, I think? Um, it could be Pinterest, it could be Listly, it could be whatever, but but find one tool and say, you know, this is all the articles, these are things I want, and maybe have a list of like, these are the things I wanna read, these are you know articles for this particular topic, whatever, because what happens is I lose those things and then I can't remember what they were and how I found them in the first place without going through my browser history, which is just ridiculous. Right. And, I also know that the more tabs you have open, uh, the more drain on your computer, you know, obviously drain on your brain maybe, but like actual drain on, on your computer. So one of the things that my colleague was sharing is, I think there's a tool called Tab Suspender that you can get, which doesn't change the number of tabs you have open, if that's, if that's kind of your process, but it will suspend the memory. So you're not basically draining, you know, it, it running in the background and then you can click on it and it'll open up again. So a lot of people have started using tools like that. Tab suspender, Tim, I, we can end the show now because <laughs> I've had my problems solved. <laughs> that's all it took. That was Woo. Yeah. Now uh, we got time for maybe one more quick topic here with you, uh, Lisa. You, you're really into note taking. Tell us what, why would you be into that? I mean, <laughs> that's so 2003. <laughs> I thought you might say that. Um, <laughs> so I've done a lot of research with our students as well as our staff, as well as kind of the greater sort of college career. And so I'll, I'll give you kind of a quick synopsis. Um, what I found is our students take notes every single day almost in every class, maybe not every day, but, but enough, it's, it's a skill that's being done, but it's not being taught. And there are a lot of benefits to actually, and I'm not talking like regurgitation notes, I'm talking about, you know, really like listening to something, figuring out, you know, what that means, making connections, things like that, not just like, hey, I'm filling in the blank notes. So it's, it's happening every day. There are articles that are coming out all the time about how to organize your notebook for work or, you know, lynda.com has like a whole, you know, video tutorial system on um, note taking for professionals. And then you've got the whole bullet journal thing that blew up a few years ago and, and continues to blow up. So 
for me, what I try to teach is here are the four different styles of note taking, you know, like outline, you've got, you know, Cornell notes, you have mind mapping charts and things like that. And so what I do is I, I try to show those note taking styles. And then I talk about when you would use them, which what typically happens is you're using a note in a particular class and you don't understand why you're using that particular style even mind mapping, things like that, and, and what that would be good for. So it's just things like that, I think, are really, really important to teach our students now so they have the skills. I, I can't think of a day that I've, and I've you know, been in this role in educational technology for a while, but I take notes in meetings. I take notes at professional development. I mean, I, I take notes a lot. <laughs> so. You do sketch noting? Um. I do. I do a hybrid of that. Yeah, I, I, I think there's. Yes, kind of. I mean, I'll do visuals in my notes. I don't think it's as beautiful as some of the sketch notes out there by any means. I would not. I'm not like a check out my beautiful sketch notes. I, I kind of prefer adding some washi tape and some pens. I do a lot of my note taking analog now. All right. So, Lisa, uh, we are going to switch gears with you right now, if you don't mind. And uh, we did a little stalking of you and realized that you are from Austin, Texas. And I picked up on a few y'alls as we were talking before the show. So, yes, gave it away there. So Austin is known for having some very unusual things to do. Do you realize that? I, you know, I have listened to your question segments. So I, <laughs> I realize already that that I might think that I know what you're going to ask me, but I'm, I'm going to do the best I can. <laughs> Austin is known for being weird. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> was it saying keep Austin weird? Yes. So today, Lisa, we're going to ask you three questions to see how well you know your hometown. Oh, uh, we're calling our little game Lost in Austin. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Scott. Tell our audience who Lisa will be competing for today and what she will be competing for. I like that title, Tim. Nice job. Yeah. Uh, Lisa, you're going to be competing for Sarah Cutcomp, a fourth grade teacher in Southern California. If you're able to answer two out of the three questions correctly, Sarah, yes, Sarah, the fourth grade teacher, she'll be awarded a free download of the... No, wait a second. She's going to be rewarded. You're, you're giving her a copy of your book, Lisa? I am. I will send a signed copy and some stickers because everybody loves stickers. <laughs> oh my goodness. Sarah, you better be cheering hard right now. Okay. So here we go, Lisa, with your very first Lost in Austin question. One fun place to get lost in Austin is the Cathedral of Junk. Have you heard of this? I have heard of this. Yes. Oh, okay. Where you can climb on oddities that Vince has collected in his backyard since 1988. <laughs> hey, that was a great year, Tim. I graduated from high school that year. So. Besides the basic concept, what else is unusual about the Cathedral of Junk? Is it A? All of the items in the cathedral are stolen. Wah, is it, wah, wah. <laughs> is it B? You have to call Vince first to see if it's okay to come visit. Events. Can I visit, bro? <laughs> or is it C? It costs $10 to get in. But Vince will give you a refund if you take some junk home with you. <laughs> so those are the three things. One of those is actually true about the Cathedral of Junk. Is it that uh, all the items are stolen? 
that you have to call Vince first or that he'll give you a refund on the admission price you take something with you? I feel like it's B. That you have to call Vince first? I, I feel like that sounds like an accurate sort of thing. Yes. Yeah, that sounds like an Austin sort of thing. Huh? <laughs> well, what? you're right. You're right. Correct. <laughs> call Vince first and check to see if it's okay. See if he's home. That you can come visit his backyard. He, he's on a he's on a tech detox too. You got to actually use a phone to so, talk to yes. him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good job. So, uh, question number two. Here we go, Lisa. Every evening during bat season, quote unquote, bat season. Not that bat. <laughs> oh, sorry. Same bat channel. Uh, just after sunset, bats descend from under Congress Avenue Bridge to do their nighttime hunting. It is, it's said to be the largest urban bat colony in North America. Have you heard about this? Yes, I have seen it several times. Oh, you have, okay. Well, I hope you are counting because our question is, how many bats do experts estimate live under these, this Austin Bridge? Is it A? 1.5 million. Is it B? 200 million. Or is it C? 79. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go with 1.5 million. I remember seeing it and it does not feel like 200 million. <laughs> well, guess what, Lisa, you're right. <laughs> okay. Our final question for you, Zilker Park. Have you heard of this? I have, we have been oh. there many times. Oh. Did Tim pronounce it right? <laughs> yes, you did. Okay, so I, I'm sure you're gonna be able to get this one then. Zilker Park is a true gem, a fantastic place to get lost in Austin, to get lost in Austin. Uh, if you're visiting during the summer, why not check out a special trail through Zilker Botanical Garden? What are sprinkled among the garden's walking paths? Is it A? Oh, I, I, don't, even, I don't even have Sorry, to. Sorry, I got this. A, bat <laughs> droppings. Is it B? Hugs. Or is it C? Fairies and gnome villages. Okay, repeat the, the question, not the answers. I got it. Okay, so the, the question is, what is on this special garden walking path? Oh, yeah, it'd be it'd be gnomes, I'm sure. That uh, that sounds <laughs> that sounds pretty awesome. Fairies and gnomes. Uh, that you got that one right. And uh, it probably wasn't too hard because uh, yours truly, the question writer, didn't even put in the two big answers. <laughs> I, I did okay making it up on the phone. Oh, you, you did. You didn't have to give it away like that. Now behind the scenes uh, look at the Bedley brothers and how lame we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, fun so, fact, um, Zilker Park uh, was also one of the locations that Dazed and Confused was filmed. Really? Well, <laughs> Tim's a little bit dazed and confused on that question. <laughs> so, Scott, how did Lisa do on today's game? Good job, Lisa. You got three out of three correct. <laughs> Actually, that's really good for this show. Trust me. And that's good enough to be a winner. Woo! <laughs> Congratulations. You've won absolutely nothing. You know that. But Sarah, well, maybe you want a new fan. And Sarah, Sarah, she just won a free copy of your new book and stickers. And we're so thankful that you gave a nice donation like that to our audience. I'm, I'm happy to do it. I think I won like bragging rights, right? Like at least that. 
Oh, yeah. Three out of three. That's, that's a rarity. One of a handful of 100 percenters. Oh. Hey, you, you and John Hattie are the only few that get three out of three. That's for sure. All right, Lisa, we're going to have you wrap things up in just a minute. But first, we're going to hear this word from our sponsor. Start planning your summer professional development with Advancement Courses. They offer over 200 online graduate level PD courses in 19 different subject areas. Yes, Tim, 19 different subject areas for K-12 teachers just like us. And because they're online and self-paced, you can take them anywhere, anytime with up to six months to complete. You can take them to the beach, you can take them to the mountains, to the lake, wherever you're going. These courses are available for graduate credits through CAEP and regionally accredited university partners or for continuing education units that meet your state requirements. They're a fantastic way to get your summer PD done and the courses really focus on creating practical products you can use in your classroom the next day. Of course, it's if it's summer, it might be a few weeks later. But uh, Right now, our listeners can save 20% off each course with the code BROS20. That's B-R-O-S, the digits two and zero. That's just $120 per graduate hour or $160 per 50 clock hours. So go to advancementcourses.com forward slash Bedley to learn more and use the coupon code BROS20. Get started on your summer PD today. Tim, I, I love what Advancement Courses is offering and some of the courses and things that they do offer. I mean, everything from working with at-risk students, special needs, um, like the benefits of mindsets when working with like focused on altruism, close Last reading, week. whatever it is that you're like really focused on in your district, it seems like they've got it. You, you bet. So go check it out. It's really easy to search courses on there and you don't have to sign up for a college and get an entrance and all that kind of stuff. You know, you just go there and take some classes, right, Scott? That's right, Tim. All right. So Hey, before we uh, hear from Lisa one last time here, uh, why don't you remind our listeners about Global School Planning? Hey, Tim, over 500,000 kids from 78 nations participate in Global School Play Day. Let me just tell you this. Go to globalschoolplayday.com. You're going to learn more. You can sign up your class. You can sign up your school, your district, and be part of a global movement to encourage unstructured play in the lives of this generation of kids. And they're not getting enough of it. And there's a lot of negative impacts on kids' lives as they grow up into adulthood. You can learn more about all those impacts by watching Peter Gray's talk and reading the research on the website, learning more. And I just found out today that the principals are talking about this. This is not just an underground movement where teachers are being rebellious and doing Global School Play Day, but principals are getting on board and you know promoting it for their, their schools, their teachers to do it with their kids and everything. So I'm really stoked about that. Yeah, for sure. And to think that over 500,000 kids from 78 nations got to participate and uh, that we're aiming for a million this next year on the first Wednesday in February, Tim. It's just, I know we can get there because I believe in the teachers. And this is all word of mouth, Tim. This is five educators tweeting and um, using social media to tell about this. And then it's just really teachers sharing with teachers, which is awesome. Well, you know, it struck a nerve because uh, I think everybody realizes when they hear the, our call for unstructured play, they realize that it, it is lacking. 
in, yeah. in people's lives today. And uh, Lisa's got a nine and 11 year old. What do you think about this whole idea of promoting unstructured play, Lisa? Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. I think, you know, you just see it. I mean, you see, especially with boys specifically, but I mean, boys and girls, but I, I know coming from that, you know, when you see them on devices and, and how their moods change and, and, and kind of the interactions that happen, I think devices are fine. But I think you know, when you go outside and, and you kind of are doing different things or even inside, but you're, you know, we're playing a card game or things, you know, we're talking, playing Connect Four or Uno or whatever, like those sort of things are so vital and important and kind of having that downtime too, where you're not just filling your head with, you know, what, whatever is on TikTok today. <laughs> Absolutely. So Lisa, thank, thanks for your input on that. Uh, before we sign off, can you let our listeners know how they can follow up with you and learn more after they are done listening to our show? Absolutely. So I am Tech Chef, C-H-E-F, and then number four, letter U on, uh, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, on Pinterest. And then if you want to, little, little if you want to learn more about the book, you can go to www.techtechchef.com number four letter u.com forward slash books and there are there's actually a link off of that that will get you the first chapter or most of the first chapter and the introduction for free if you want to download and kind of read it and and kind of get a feel for hey is this something that i want to fall down the rabbit hole with so all of those resources are there i've got a blog and a bunch of resources and then on instagram i'm note chef for you not tech chef note chef because i share bullet journaling planners books that i'm reading things of that nature that i wouldn't necessarily share in those other channels yeah and if you have any doubts about it just go to amazon and read the reviews oh my people love your book so uh hey one last word to everybody if you could finish uh, if you could say one message that you would want your students to know about you what what would you what would you want them to know what would I want them to know about me? Yeah. I wish my students knew what about me. And you can, well, you can think about it for a second. I'll edit all this out. Okay. I'm going to have to think about that one for a second. Um, you what? No, I, I can't answer that. So I think, I think it's really important. And this, this is going to take it maybe a different turn than, than what you might want to have me answer. But I think mental health is something that's really important to, be it's something that's such a, a problem you know that we're kind of sweeping it under the rug and, and really not talking about the struggles that our students are having as well as the struggles that our, our staff are having and i'm not i'm not saying that you have to get super detailed about these sort of things but i think just an awareness of that and that's why i feel so strongly about talking about mood and, and talking about you know reflection and journaling and sort of these things because they're so impacting what all of the struggles that people are having today so I think I would just want them to know that I, I care about them as people and, and individuals, not just as learners. Thanks for listening to everybody out there in podcast land. And uh, most of all, thanks for listening. Mom and dad. Thank you for subscribing, Mom and dad, and for the kind review as well. <laughs> Try to think about the best show you had. I kind of liked it when you brought on your dad. National Teacher of the Year. That was cool. Bedley Brothers. 2013. 2000 every team. Getting her done. Big Ron here. Getting her done.
thinking I might change my name to Ron Bedley so I could be one of those Bedley brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bedley brothers, Bedley, Bedley brothers, bringing education information like no other. Bedley brothers, Bedley, Bedley brothers.